0: If you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter number one. Remain standing for just a moment as we read God's word. And and while you're turning, let me do a a public service announcement. Uh, uh, Keep in mind, everybody, and I know you know this, but sometimes we need to be reminded of this, uh, that the invitation, the invitation time of the service is as much worship as anything we do. Uh, The invitation time, I I would always hear my father growing up in church, he said that's the most important time of the service. It's the most serious time of the service. It's the time where God is dealing with folks' hearts and they are in a place of decision. uh, And maybe it is the time when they are deciding whether or not they're going to go forward or whether they're going to get saved or whatever serious decision they're making in their life. And so we need to be, we need to be conscious of that. We need to understand that during the invitation, that's not the the signal to leave early. Okay. Uh, uh, Last week, and and, and it might be, it might be, and you just got to bear with me. It's going to take me a little while to get back in the groove of things. Uh, I was gone a month, so I probably wasn't used to it, but it looked like ants leaving here. I said, every head bowed, and I thought that was the signal, everybody, go, you know? Uh, let's keep that in mind. I, I understand. I understand if, if you've got someplace you've got to be, and, and I went too long, and you, I, I understand that. But if you're just trying to get an early seat at Shoney's, just remember, somebody beside you may be determining whether or not they're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. And, and just, just help. if you can, if you can hold on for just a few more minutes. Right. And I oh but preacher, you don't know how hard it is to get out of here. I, I do. I do. I do understand that. But I'd hate to know, I'd hate to know I distracted somebody from the most important decision they'll ever make in their life. Just because I didn't want to wait a few more minutes in the parking lot. And all God's people say, Amen. so help me with that. Help me with that. Be discreet. Just, just just hang out. If you can just a few more minutes and and it's worse in the balcony. I know you guys in the balcony don't think nobody can see y'all, but we see you. So just, just hang tight. Enough of that. Amen. All right. I don't know where I put my outline, but anyway, uh, uh, I'm going to need, I'm going to need my outline. I'm going to need my outline. I thought I put it. Oh, I picked up the wrong Bible. Hey, grab, grab my other Bible. Y'all find my other Bible if you don't care. Mark chapter number one, uh, usually I have not memorized, but if you notice in your notes, I gave you a lot of notes, amen? So uh, Mark chapter one in verse number one, we'll just start in verse one. We'll read down to verse 11 and uh, we're going to talk about John the baptizer. Say that with me. I know, I know in your Bible, it says John the Baptist, John the Baptist. So, so we as Baptists for a long time have claimed Jesus was baptized by Baptist preachers. Amen. And that's a cool story, but that's just not the way it is. There was not Baptist back in that day or Presbyterian or Lutheran, or anything else. The word means baptizer. And if you've noticed in, in your Bible, in your Bible, uh, there are a lot of Johns, Right. Uh, matter of fact, the one who wrote this particular gospel, thank God there's an outline there. Amen. Uh, There you go. All right. Now, here's the thing. John Mark wrote it. We have the Apostle John and now we have John the Baptizer. And the reason that they have designated the Baptizer is so you would know which one was which. Does that make sense? Amen. And so, John the Baptizer, what is significant about this particular John? Uh, He was known For his baptism. And so we'll look at that here in just a minute. So if you're with me, say amen. Amen. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. This is talking about God sending his son and sending a messenger before he got there the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I, say, Amen, right there, amen. after me, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. amen. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw, this is John, John saw, John the baptizer saw, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Say amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for help. Thank you for uh, encouragement. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for truth. Thank you for assurance. Lord, I pray right now that your perfect will be done. I pray that you'll help me to deliver your truth in a way that everybody can understand it and comprehend it. God, don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I, I need to say. And Lord, I'll thank you and I'll praise you. God, everybody in this room will give you the glory and give you the praise. You're the only one worthy of it. Lord, we're not even worthy to tie your shoes. God, I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name, we all pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. John, the baptizer uh, he, he, man, he was my favorite character. Uh, he was my favorite character growing up. Uh, did anybody, did anybody go to school? You're old enough that, that you went to Sunday school and they had the flannel graph. Anybody remember them? Hey man, just slap that thing on there and tell the story. It's got the little figure, you know, nowadays these kids don't know Jack. You know I'm, I mean, they've got 3D, they've got video, they've got it. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It it, it is amazing. The technology they got up there, not us, man. We old timers, we had a flannel graph, amen. And, and if you had a boring teacher, it made for it to be rough. Say amen. They can all say what I've heard people say. It doesn't matter. The teacher, the truth is the truth. That's a lie. I've been, I've been in some teachers and some preachers and they five minutes in and I'm ready to say in Jesus name, amen. Do I have a witness? Well, this, this character growing up, man, he, 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 he was such an outrageous character which stood out in, in an incredible way. Jesus himself said that he was the greatest man ever born. Greatest man ever born, John Baptist. And and I, I wanted to, I usually, usually if I'm gonna cover a particular chapter or a particular book, I will go and look at all the different times I've preached on it and gather information, uh, which kind of helps with research. You know, you don't have to research as hard. But this time I wanted to go into it all fresh. And so I, I didn't even look at any other sermon I did, any other outline I did, just what we see here. And to see what is Mark trying to tell us? Because keep in mind, Mark has a different audience. Mark has an audience. Matthew is, is primarily speaking to the Jews and Mark is speaking to Gentiles, Roman uh, believers. Uh, and so that's how he approaches his story of Jesus, his, his gospel, if you will, his good news with the help of, uh, of Peter and so he starts at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. He doesn't talk about Jesus's birth. He doesn't talk about all of that. He just starts at the beginning of his ministry right here at the Jordan, at the, at the wilderness area, at the baptism of John. And he, and he talks a little bit about John the baptizer. And so first of all, if you take a notice, and I got to go through this fast because uh, the more I studied, the more points I got. And I got I to I stop doing that, but I couldn't help it. You need to get all of these. First of all, and I'm going to say this fast, we're not going to spend as much time on each point so we can get them all. Amen. First of all, I want you to notice this, his assignment, his assignment, look in verse number two, look in verse number two and uh, verse numbers two and three. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. As it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Okay? So we have verse 2 and 3. And, and write this somewhere in your notes. I didn't give this to you, but you need to know this. In John chapter number 1, the Bible says, when it, and, and, and the apostle John is talking about uh, John the baptizer, right? And this is what the apostle John says about John the baptizer. He says in his verse, there was a man sent... From God, whose name was John. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. You say, preacher, why is that significant? Keep in mind, Mark here is writing to the Gentiles. They don't care that much about all the details in the Old Testament that the Jews did. So he didn't use very many references back to the Old Testament. But he did say this in verse number two. As it is written... In the in the prophets. In other words, I, I took this and I said, Well, why would he say that? Why would he put that in there for the Gentile believers because they really don't know what the prophets said, because they didn't have an old testament and it's not very significant to them. So why would he say this? I truly believe the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said this. Because he wanted them to know that this did not happen by accident. That John did. What he did according, watch this now, this is the part, according to God's plan. Nothing happened by accident. This all happened according to the plan of God. God planned it. It is coming about just like God said it would. Richard, why why is that important? Because you need to understand as, as all hell is going to break loose in our country, and it's coming, and it's already here. We're seeing things we never dreamed in a million years we'd see in our country. You need to understand, and I need to understand, don't have no fear. This is according to God's plan. And God is in control. And so we need to understand that John had an assignment. He didn't just jump up one day and said, I think I'm going to preach. I think I'm going to just go start baptizing people. No, 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 no. This was planned. He was sent by God. He had divine authority to do what he did. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Now, Mark he quotes, he quotes two different prophets in the Old Testament. He quotes Malachi and he quotes Isaiah. I put them there in your notes. He says in Malachi 3:1, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall. What's that word? Everybody say, He shall. Prepare the way before me. Isaiah 43, 40, verse three. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, what's that word? Prepare. Everybody say it. Prepare. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low. So what's it, what do you see there? What's what's low is gonna be brought up. What's high is gonna be brought down to make everything what? Level. Level. Now watch this. And the crooked shall be made what? And the rough places now here's the deal. First of all, if you're taking notes, write this down. His assignment was to prepare the people. His assignment was to prepare the people. Now, all the all the people in this day, they understood the significance of what he's saying. Because every monarch, every king, every royal family, before they would go into a city, before they would go into a new area of the country, they would always send a forerunner. They would always send a messenger. They would always send somebody to go clear the way. They didn't need to be no rocks in the way. They didn't need to be no trees crossing the path. Need, they, listen, they made it easy. They made it clear. They s- cleared the way for the coming monarch. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now what's that got to do? What's that got to do with the people? He, John is clearing the way, the obstacle of unbelief. Now watch this. 400 years. 400 years of silence. 400 years, they haven't heard from God. 400 years, the Jews had gotten in such a backslidden state of belief. They had, they created their own religion. They had bits and pieces of Judaism, but they, they had so messed it up and so marred it that Jesus had to come and fix everything. But there was silence. There was, there was darkness from the heavens. They had not heard from God. So what? God is fixing to send his son. The king is coming. Say that with me. The. the king is coming, and somebody has to clear the way, clear the path, get the people ready. Now watch what the angel. Watch what the angel said uh, to Zachariah. He says, the angel, Zechariah, is John Baptist's daddy. Y'all remember that in Luke? Alright, Luke 1:17. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. Read it with me to make ready a. Preacher, what are you saying? His assignment was to get the people ready to meet Jesus, he was to prepare them, to get them ready. All right, now, B, write this down. His assignment was not only to prepare the people, but he was to present the Messiah. He was to present the Messiah. All right? Look what it says in Luke: 176. Now this is Zachariah talking about his son, John Baptist. Luke: 176, "And thou, child shall be called the prophet of the highest." For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to what? To prepare his ways. Now, watch what John, watch what, watch what happens. Watch what happens in John 1, verse 31. Now, this is John Baptist speaking, all right? The Apostle John is writing what John Baptist said after the baptism of Jesus. He said, And I knew him not, but that he should be made, what's that word? Amen. Manifest to Israel, therefore am I coming baptizing with water. The word manifest means unveiled. It means to show. It means to, just, here it is. In other words, in other words, you have, uh, how many of y'all have seen uh, on, on, in movies and stuff where they had a statue with a sheet over it or a portrait with a sheet over it and they take the sheet off? How many of y'all have seen that? They are, they are showing, developing, all right? They are seeing and, and, and revealing what's there. And John said, I came to make Jesus manifest to Israel. How many of y'all remember? How many of y'all remember the words of John Baptist when here come Jesus and he said, behold, what? The Lamb, the Lamb of God. It was John's assignment to get the people ready to meet their Messiah. And it was John Baptist's assignment to present their Messiah to them. In other words, they're supposed to be, here he is. This is him. This is the one I was talking about. This is the one who's mightier than I. This is the one I've been preaching about. Let me introduce you. This is the one you've been waiting for. This is the one you've heard about all your life. This is the one that was promised all the way back to the book of Genesis, all the way back to the garden. This is him. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So his assignment was to prepare the people and present their Messiah. Does that make sense? Amen. amen. All right. Number two. Number two. I said we'll go through this fast. Number two. We see his activity. We see his activity. He's basically. He's basically known, well, known for a lot of things, but primarily two things, preaching and baptizing. All right. Preaching and baptizing. You can put that A and B and then we'll talk about it. Preaching. What was his preaching like? Let me tell you this, guys. He had never get, on, get in on Trinity Broadcasting Network. He'd never make it on that network. He'd never make it on these religious channels that they have. It's all health, wealth, prosperity, and God bless you. Your best life now. No, 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 no. John would never make it. Number one, he wouldn't have the right suit. Number two, after he got got through calling everybody vipers, bunch of snakes, can you imagine that? You come in here, you sit down, the visiting evangelist comes up to the, and you're just so ready to hear an uplifting, encouraging, motivational speech. And he says, you bunch of vipers, you need to repent. <laughs> how many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, how many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, hellfire and brimstone preacher? Yeah. yeah, this was him. This was him. He preached, he preached two things. Two things, judgment to come. Judgment to come. He said, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? He says, I'm baptizing with water, but there's one coming after me who's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And don't forget this. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for the promise of the spirit. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for heaven. But he said, and with fire. Now, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, you know, you'd hear the phrase, boy, he's a fireball preacher. Have you ever heard that? He's a fireball preacher. And, and, and when I, as a kid, when I read that, he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I thought, okay, that means we're going to get the Holy Spirit and we're going to be a fireball. In other words, we're going to have passion and we're going to have, and, and you know, I kind of thought about where, where the, the Bible says there was a, 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 a fire, a, a flame over the, those at Pentecost and all that. And I thought that's what it meant, but that's not what he's talking about. When he's talking about, he's going to baptize you with a spirit. That's in reference to salvation. But when he said he's going to baptize with fire, that means he's going to throw your behind in hell. Are y'all with, Oh, don't get quiet. You see, that's what we're missing today. We want to hear about grace. We want to hear about mercy. We want to hear about love. He's a God of love. But you need to understand, he's a God of justice and righteousness and holiness and judgment. There's going to be a judgment, guys. And that's what John is saying. And that's what John is preaching. He's preaching. Look what he says. Look what he says in Matthew or excuse me, in Luke, Luke 3, 7. I love this. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. Oh, generation of vipers. Now let me translate that. In Alabama, we'd say this, you a snake, your pappy's a snake, your grandpappy's a snake. That's what generation of vipers mean. You come from a long line of snakes. Are y'all with me? Is that motivating or what? Look, then he says this. Who hath warned you to flee from the? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say, watch this now. Watch this, this is so good that you pick this up. Begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham, and now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees, every tree therefore which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. What is he saying there? In one in one uh, gospel he says, His fan is in his hand. He's here to clean the floor. How many of y'all know when they when they're winnowing uh, wheat that they take that wheat and they throw it up in the air and that chaff that 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 worthless part is thrown into the wind. They gather the wheat and everything else they burn. And he's saying there's going to be some wheat and there's going to be some chaff. There's going to be some that's saved. There's going to be some that's lost. There's going to be some that's delivered and they're going to get the Holy Spirit. And there's going to be some that's going to be burned in fire. Judgment is coming. I've seen signs and I've seen people post memes. Oh, don't worry. No matter what, God is not mad at you. What Bible did they find that in? The Bible says there is wrath coming. Hello? And so in his preaching, he's preaching two things judgment's coming, and you need to repent. Say it with me, you need to. Say it again real loud. You need to. We we want somebody to make us feel good. We want to leave church and feel better about ourselves. Some of you don't need to feel better about yourself. You need to feel pretty sorry about yourself because you're living a life that's contrary to the word of God and you're headed toward judgment and somebody needs to make you feel uncomfortable about the way you're living or you're never going to change the life you're living. Well, I don't like that. You're in the wrong church. I didn't call you a snake. I got that going for me. Say amen. Amen. But I'm telling you this, if you don't do what God said to do, judgment is coming. And the only way to keep judgment from coming into your life is to repent. Repent. Turn. Say that word with me. Turn. What is repentance? It's turning from sin and turning to God. Preacher, that just means to change your mind. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you the the definition says that. But let me tell you something. If you continue doing what you did, you haven't changed your mind. Because if you truly changed your mind, you would change your actions. What did he say? What did he say? Bring me fruit, meat, or worthy. He said, okay, you say you repented. show me. Y'all with me? Everybody good? Yes. That's his preaching. I'm just telling you about his preaching. But then he, we see his baptizing. This is going to be a cool thing. I'm telling you, this is going to be a cool thing. You're going to learn something. Maybe you're going to learn something new. I don't know. Where'd baptizing come from? I mean, where did, where did he get this idea of baptizing? Why did it, what, what was the point of this? He said, this is the baptism of repentance. Of repentance. This is what's so significant about this. Who is he, who is he getting ready? Who is he getting ready? The people who are the people, what nationality, the Jews, he is preparing the Jews for their Messiah, for their promised King. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch this, everybody, everybody, how many of y'all know, how many of y'all knew the Jews didn't like Gentiles? And if you're, if you're new here and you're not sure what a Gentile is, it's anybody that's not a Jew. You have Jews and everybody else, Gentiles. They had gotten so arrogant, which was incredible. God picked them out. They was a bunch of slaves and God chose them. God picked them out. God blessed them. God gave them the scriptures. God gave them the law. God gave them blessings. Incredible. Now their assignment as God's chosen people was to reveal God to the whole world. Y'all with me? It was their, their job to present God to the whole world and show the whole world this is God and lead the world to God. But what they ended up doing, because they are human and, and, and humanity so broken, it's incredible. They got arrogant about their position as God's children and kept everybody else out. They were snobs. They, they, we are God's children. We are the one you every, we're here. Everybody else is here. Why, why do you think Jesus got so mad and he, and he turned over the tables in the, in the temple because the courtyard they were using to do that was the court of the Gentiles. They were keeping the Gentiles from getting to God and it upset Christ immensely. Because it was their responsibility, it was their duty as God's chosen people to reflect God to the whole world. Are y'all with me? But they were so wicked and so sinful, they hadn't done any of that. So he's preparing them to meet their king. Now watch this now. Now watch this. So where did this baptizing thing come from? In order for a proselyte, a person who wanted that was outside of the Jewish nation to become uh, and to follow Judaism is there was a process. First, you had to accept the Pentateuch, the Torah. You had to accept God's word to be true, right? Secondly, you had to be immersed in a mikvah or what we would say you had to be, come on everybody, you had to be. And thirdly, if you were a male, you know what you had to do. <clears throat> if you don't know, see me after church, I'll tell you. Physical operation that, anyway. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So when, watch this now, I'm going somewhere. When John tells the, what's, that, what's their nationality? Amen. Jews. You have to be Baptized. baptized. Now to us, it's not that significant, but to a Jew, John was telling them, you are no better than a, Gentile." for a Gentile to become a Jew religiously, they had to be baptized and they had to admit we are outside of the covenant. And what John was saying and using with his baptism is you have to admit, you have to confess that you are a wicked sinner and you're outside, you're no better than a, y'all seeing this? That was a slap in the face to a Jew. Because that is where they prided themselves. That we are the children of Abraham. You know what he said here? Don't be bragging about being the children of Abraham. God can raise up children from these stones right here. He said you better repent and be How many of y'all learned something right there? That baptism was saying, I'm confessing that I'm no better than a Gentile. And by the way, you wouldn't do that unless you truly had repented. Because it was such a humiliating act and a show of humility to be baptized. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. We see his activity. He's preaching and baptizing, preaching and baptizing. His preaching, is judgment's coming. You better repent. You better get right. Judgment's on the way. Wrath is coming. I don't care if you are uh, of, of, of the, the loins of Abraham. You are no better than the Gentiles. You've got to be prepared just like them. Amen. And all God's people see it. Amen. Now watch this. Number three. Number three. We see his appearance. His appearance. Look what it says. Verse number six. Verse number six. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. Now, what are we seeing here? Just one thing you need to write down here. He's identifying as a prophet. He's identifying as a prophet. And not just any prophet. Primarily the prophet Elijah in second Kings one, eight, it says, they answered him. He was an hairy man and gird with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, it is Elijah, the Tishbite Zechariah 13, three says, and it shall come to pass in that day that the prophets shall be ashamed, every one of his vision, when he hath prophesied, neither shall they wear a rough garment to deceive. And and some translations have that rough to to translate hairy robe or rough garment. Now, here's the thing. In the Old Testament, by the way, when he says Elijah was a hairy man, he wasn't talking about, you know, physically, you know, hairy, hairy, hairy. Like like human hairy, he was talking about. He he wore a hairy garment, and what it was, what it was is they would take camel hair, and they would weave it. All right, it wasn't it wasn't. They didn't kill a camel, skin him out, make a robe out of it. They took the hair of the camel and they weaved it into a garment. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, and that is what the prophets wore. That was their that the second verse that I read here, it is in reference to false prophets. When false prophets, they wanted everybody to think they were a prophet. They would go get a garment of camel hair and a leather girdle to present and to. In other words, it would be like somebody impersonating an officer by putting on an officer's uniform. Does that make sense? And he said, when, when someone wanted to impersonate a prophet in the Old Testament, they would go to the camel hair store and get a camel coat and get them a leather girdle and walk around and impersonate a prophet. And so what do we see here? There's a lot that we can say about this. And I, I really don't want to because I'm not going to have time to get all the rest of it. But this, this, there was significance about what he wore because he wanted to look like a prophet. He wanted to look like a prophet. Uh, He wanted to be seen as a prophet. And more than anything, the prophet Elijah. Because in Malachi, in Malachi we find that God promised that Elijah would come before the Messiah. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Now locusts and wild honey, I, I don't think there's any kind of secret spiritual, you know, whatever. It was what was available at the time. And by the way, there, they are, they are, there are corporations now in Israel. I seen it the other day. I was watching, I love watching news and different things from Israel. I watch it all the time. And there was a, there was an article there. They had a, a, a one show that was dedicated. They went and, and there is a corporation in Israel now that's making stuff out of locusts wow. because locusts is a good source of protein. Yeah, take the wings off, take the legs off, roast it. Bon Appetit. They're making, <laughs> Miss Diane said, you can have my, my portion of that. <laughs> They're making bread with it. They're making hamburger patties with it. They're making all kind of stuff. But the point is this, he was in the wilderness and that was readily available. It was, and, and, and by the way, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, the wild honey was out there. It was readily available. But I think that the significance to this is this. John Baptist, all right, you, you see their religious leaders. Everybody look at me. I'm going somewhere. I promise I'm going somewhere. The religious leaders of that day were wicked. They were compromisers. They were extorting the people. They would walk around with elegant robes and they were very wealthy and they were stealing from the poor and they would walk around so arrogantly flaunting them and it would cause people to look at them. And here comes this wild eyed wilderness preacher with camel hair and a leather girdle with honey dripping out one side and locust feet out the other. Is this not an incredible exact opposite of what they've seen? He lived an uncomfortable life. He lived a rough life. There was no leisure in his life. There was no comfort in his life. Now, if you go to Israel with us in December, you'll see the area where he's at and you'll understand it is uncomfortable. (laughs) There's nothing there. Rocks and Trees, are not really trees, just shrubs and stuff. It was the wilderness. Preacher, what are you saying? Don't judge a book by its cover. Some people think, oh, he's blessed because he might be driving a new car. He might have a new house. No, no, I... I <laughs> I was riding. I was riding with a, 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 my son-in-law, matter of fact, and we rode by a place, and, and it was his parents' place, and he was making a joke. But he said, "He said, you know, you, you, usually you say if it's something's real nice, you can't hide." That ain't what he said. We was driving by, and I thought that's what he was going to say. He said, "Boy, you can't hide debt, can you?" <laughs> you know, he's saying you can't. You can't judge a book by its cover. Here we have this wild wild preacher coming with fire in his eyes telling people they need to repent. And by the way, he was flooded. He was flooded with people. Now I want to speak to our D people in here. You're out there trying to make disciples and and, 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 and I, I took a lot from this. I learned a lot from this. You know, some preachers, especially young preachers, we want, we, we're we wanting to save the world, man. We're wanting to go and build something big and build it fast and just all this kind of stuff. And we think, oh, we got, I, it was me. I, we got to be in Atlanta. We got to be in Atlanta. This man was in the wilderness. He did not have an Armani suit on. He didn't have anything that would be attractive to people. But let me tell you what he did have. He had the power of of God and the divine authority from God. And you know what? Watch this now, everybody. He never lacked a crowd. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right, let's hurry. Let's hurry. This is, this is the two best points right here. Number four, number four. What time? Okay, we got it. What was number one? Let's just rehearse real quick. Rehearse. First of all, we see number one, His Everybody say it real loud. We see his. He was sent by God. Say amen. Number two, we see his. His activity. He's preaching repentance. He's preaching judgment is coming and he's baptizing, baptizing. They were confessing their sins by, by being baptized. They were saying, we are no better than the, than the Gentile. Then number three, we see his, his appearance. Number four, we see his, his announcement. Well, word got back. Word got back to Jerusalem, to the hierarchy, to the, the, the priests, the high priests in Jerusalem. said, "Man, I don't know what's happening out there around Jericho, but there is some wild dude out there that's, and son, he is gathering crowds like crazy. Not only is he gathering crowds. But there's a bunch of Jews getting baptized. Well, they say we got to figure out what this is. So they send an envoy out there. They send a group of Pharisees and scribes out there to question him, to question him. Now, keep in mind, they know in the Old Testament, the Pharisees know in the Old Testament that God promised to send what prophet before the Messiah came? Elijah and and there was another prophet that was talked about in Deuteronomy that was separate from that. Uh, maybe he is the Messiah. Maybe this is the one we've... So what happens? What happens? They come, listen, after one of his baptismal services, they corner up John and say, hey, we got some questions for you. We got some questions for you. Are you Elijah? He said, nope. Are you that prophet? The one talked about in Deuteronomy. Nope. Are you the Messiah then? He said, oh, oh, oh no. Oh no. He said, let me tell you something. I am not even worthy to latch the the latch of his sandal. What does he announce? Two things he announces. First, the Messiah's worth. Write that down. He announces the Messiah's worth. He said, no, I'm not the Messiah. He said, I'm baptizing with water, but there's one who is mightier than I. There is one that I'm not even worthy to shine his shoes. There's one that's coming after me that I'm not even worthy to get down as a slave and tie his sandals. He is so much better than me. Now, keep in mind, this is the same man who Jesus himself said, no man born of woman is greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist says, I'm not even up to the level of a slave that's worthy to tie his shoe. John was the same man when his disciples came to him and said, hey, they're stopping following us and they're start following that Jesus guy. And this is what John said. He must increase And I must. He's so much better. John, we see his heart saying, oh, he's the one. He's the one. His announcement is of the Messiah's worth. Then we see this, write this down. We see he announces the Messiah's work. The Messiah's work. In Mark 1, 8, he said, I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Matthew 3, 11, This is this is where I was getting at a while ago. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not even worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the, and with, now watch, watch, this is where, why we know that he's talking about judgment here, whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner and he will burn up the chaff with what? Unquenchable fire. Jesus said, I came to sit now. Everybody stay with me now. Stay with me. Look at me. I, I, I only got 50 seconds. I'm going to take more, but that's all I got. <clears throat> everybody look at me because this is important. You're going to face Jesus in one of two ways. He's either going to be your Messiah or he's going to be your judge. Judge. He's going to be your savior. Stay with me. Look at me. Everybody look at me up in the back and look at me. Jesus is either going to be your savior or your executioner. We all talk about he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He's the savior. He's the Messiah. He's a deliverer. But yes, that's all true. And he is all of those things. And he will save you. He will deliver you. He will forgive you. He will touch you and change you. He will make you a citizen of heaven. But honey, if you don't come to him in repentance before him and confess your sin before him, he will be your judge. His work is either he's going to give you the spirit, or he's going to give you unquenchable fire. And see, we want, we have a we have a generation of preachers today that only want to talk about the spirit, and I'm all about it. I'm all about salvation. I'm all about heaven. I'm all about love and grace and kindness and mercy and forgiveness and having my sins washed away, having my life redeemed, having a home in heaven, my name on the Lamb's book of life. But there's a two sides to every coin. I can't preach heaven without preaching hell. There is a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. And John is preaching both. He said you can either get the spirit from him or you can get fire from him. The choice is yours. And all God's people say, let me give you that last point because this is critical. We see his announcement. Then lastly, we see his what? His assurance. His assurance. The Bible says in Mark verse nine, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming out of the water, Jesus is coming up out of the water. And by the way, by the way, this proves he wasn't sprinkled. Okay. He was immersed. Baptism is by immersion. And when he come up out of the water, imagine this water falling off of him and John bringing him up. The Bible says he saw the heavens open. John saw it. John saw the heavens open. And the, is that capital? That's talking about the Holy Spirit. The spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there, hallelujah. And there came a, Voice from heaven say, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, why was this necessary? Why was this necessary? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Because in John 1, verse 32, write in your notes. John 1, 32. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water. You see, John's out there in the wilderness. John is spending time. He's studying the scriptures. He's spending time with God. When his appointment time came to fulfill his assignment, God, the Bible says in John 1, there was a man sent from, help me, there was a man sent from whose name was, so when that time come, when God the Father sent him, he said, this is what I want you to look for. What was his job? Prepare the people and what? Present the Messiah. Now here's how he's going to know who the Messiah is. He said, the one that sent me to baptize with water said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the. And I saw and bear record that this is the son of God. Look at me, everybody. I'm over time. Look at me, everybody. Here's the deal. God sent John to present the Messiah to everybody. Now, how would John know who he was? Because you got to understand, there were a lot of false messiahs. There was a lot of people who would stand up and claim to be, to try to get a following. So how would John know which one Was the right one. He said I tell you what. When you see the spirit. Descend out of heaven as a dove. And light upon him. That's him. When John baptized Jesus. And he come up out of that water. John saw the heavens opened. Now watch this. And the. Come on. And the. Come on. And the. Spirit. Spirit. The Spirit descended as a dove. And then he heard a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son. Two things I want you to get here. Two things. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody needs assurance in their life. Where is assurance going to come from? The presence of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Preacher, I just don't have assurance. Well, you need to start praying and studying your Bible and asking God to speak to you. Preacher, I don't know what's going to happen this week in my life, my, my bills or my finances or my children or this, then, then you need to get in God's word. And you need to spend some time in his presence because the assurance that John needed came from the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And all God's people say it.